final message. This is the final message. Sixth grade and down can be dismissed. And uh, this will be the final message in the book of Romans. And pray for me. I'm really feeling, I really have asked the Lord where to go next. And I believe that the Lord would have us to go to the book of John. And so be praying with me there, and we'll, we'll start there, next, hopefully, prayfully next week. I'm just praying that I feel like that's where the Lord would have me go. But Romans chapter 16, we're going to cover all 27 verses. Now, thankfully, we're not, uh, you guys are saying, oh no, we're going to read all 27 verses standing. No, uh, we're not going to read all 27. What I'd like to try to do is I'm going to read the latter half of the chapter. The first half of the chapter mentions a lot of names that Trenton cannot pronounce. So we're going to read the uh, second part of the chapter. <coughs> so we're going we're gonna to start there. Romans chapter 16. If you've got your Bibles, open to Romans chapter 16. We'll read in verse number 27 in just one moment. Uh, there are 26 people mentioned by name in this chapter. Two people not mentioned by name. Several churches he mentions by, uh, that they were meeting in homes. Uh, nine people in who, that were with, who, who were with him in the in the city of Corinth as he was writing this letter. Paul is drawing this all to a conclusion, drawing this all to the end as he wrote this letter. Uh, so he, he commends some. He, he makes three different statements, and we'll go cover those. Uh, but as we look at this letter that's written, as we come to the finale of this, of this letter, we are all sheep, okay? Every one of us are sheep, including me. I'm sheep in God's flock. And then not only are we all sheep, but we're all sheep flocked together. Every one of us, we belong to the shepherd, and that's the King Jesus. And uh, we, this is how we go, we, we live our life, but we're all sheep, we're all in this fight together. And Paul is drawing all this conclusion to the end. He mentions, like I said, 26 people by name. And uh, so we're going to go through those, and I'm going to do my best to, to preach to you this morning. <laughs> on the finale here it is the finale let's all stand we'll read and if you can verse number 17 and uh, we'll continue reading all the way through to the end verse number 27 verse number 17 now Paul says in verse 17 now I beseech you brethren mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speech deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but good, but yet I would, uh, would have you wise unto which is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Timotheus, my work fellow, and Lucius and Jason and Sosiphar, my kinsmen, salute you. Tetra, I, Tetris wrote this epistle, salutes you in the Lord. Gaius, mine host, and of the whole church, saluteth you. Aratus, the chamberlain of the city, <coughs> saluteth you, Quartus, a brother, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Verse 25. Now to him that is of the power to establish you according to my gospel 
and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began but now is being made manifest in the, by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever and amen so here is Paul concluding this and I'll go through it we'll get through there and I'll mention those names and kind of give you uh, a little bit of, of what I understand these people to be some of them are unknown uh, as far as what their background is but just try to give you a little bit of background of where we're at so thank you so much for standing you may be seated I'm going to continue on so number one in the sermon if you're taking note <coughs> number one he says he has friends to greet if you will look in verse number one through verse number 16 we're going to go through these verses very quick he's going to say he wants some friends for us to greet friends that he wants us to basically meet verse number one he said I commend unto you Phoebe our sister which is a servant of the cross of the church which is in Centra so we understand is I'm gonna go through these we're gonna go go very fast we're gonna get to the next point but we see friends to greet who who does he have Paul is telling us who should we meet who should we greet in this text number one he says Phoebe who is Phoebe you will notice that Phoebe is a member at the church of Centra she carried now in this text we understand that she carried the letter to the Saints at Rome she was in charge of making sure this letter got to the church in Rome yeah, Centra was uh, was the seaport of Corinth Paul was writing this letter while he was in the city of Corinth ministering to the church of Corinth and so he he sends Phoebe to deliver this letter then he says the next group of people that he mentions in chapter 16 <coughs> he says greet Priscilla and Aquila Acts chapter I'm gonna give you these references I'm not gonna go there just so you know what I'm talking about so you can look that up Acts chapter number 18 verse number 1 through 3 Acts chapter number 18 verses 18 and 19 and Acts chapter 18 verse number 26 Aquila and Priscilla is kind of gives us a little bit of the background but if you'll notice in this text he said my helpers in Jesus in Christ Jesus who have for my life laid down their own necks unto whom not only I give thanks but unto all the churches of the Gentiles so Aquila and Priscilla we don't know exactly how that took place but those two individuals laid down their necks for Paul they put their neck on the line for the Apostle Paul to protect him I don't know how I don't know the exact circumstances but they they protected Paul and he says greet these individuals greet greet Phoebe greet Aquila greet Priscilla these people laid down their necks for me and then moving on he says likewise greet the church that is in the house in their house whose house are they meeting in Aquila and Priscilla they have a church inside their house <clears throat> he says salute my well-beloved Epaninus who is the first fruits of Achaia under Christ now you say I, I know I said that that name that name wrong so uh, for, please forgive me but understand this young man now if you will connect scripture with scripture know this the Bible says in verse number five that he is of the first fruits of Achaia under Christ what does that mean that means that he was the first individual 
to believe in Jesus Christ in the country or in Asia. And so as they took, he was the first convert in Asia. You will notice that in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 15. He belonged to the house of Stephanus. And so we look, continue on, verse number 8, and Phileas, uh, Stachim, uh, Stachys, and Persis in verse number 12. So he's mentioning these people by name. And so here he is, he's moving all through these names, and he says, we need to greet these friends. But now, <coughs> he comes down to the next group of people that he meets, or the next people that he that he uh, says by name, or you continue on to hear, uh, Andreas and Junius, Andrinus and Junius, they are his kinmen, kinsmen. Now, I'm not for sure exactly what this means, other than they could possibly be, in verse, uh, they could possibly be uh, Paul's blood relatives, or they could just simply be uh, a Jew, uh, someone who is a Jewish, same of the Jewish tribe, like Paul. Paul was of the Benjamin tribe. And he, he is telling these people, these group of people that he just mentioned, Andrinus and Junius, those are my kinsmen, which could be that they were his brothers, that physically, uh, or they could be someone that belonged to the same tribe. Verse number 13, he mentions Rufus. Now, Rufus could be believed in, to be the same person in Mark chapter 15, verse number 21. If it is the same Rufus of Mark chapter 15, verse 21, his uh, Simon's Calvary experience. Who is, Cal who is Simon? In Mark chapter 15, verse 21, as his experience led to Rufus's conversion, and you'll see that in Mark chapter 10, and verse number 30. So there are friends to greet. I just want to make my way through it. Uh, and now I want to get a little bit more. <coughs> he says, Mary, a bestowed laborer. Uh, now, now, and he begins and he continues on. He says in verse number, in verse number 16, he says, Salute one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. So here he gives, he gives all these people to meet. He says, these are friends you need to greet. Now, it is important as a church that we greet people that come in the door. They need to feel like this could be home to them. They don't need to feel like the weirdo walking in and they don't belong here. Or they, they don't fit in. They need to feel like they fit in to our church immediately walking in those doors. They need to feel the love of Christ. When Paul is mentioning this to them, he, wants, he says, I'm telling you, you need to greet these people. And not only does he tell them to greet them, but he tells them to greet them with a holy kiss. Now, I'm not telling you as people come in, give them a holy kiss, okay? But uh, back then, it was customary to kind of kiss each other on the cheek a little, you know, uh, just a kiss on the cheek. I don't know if you've ever seen that before done. But, look, I, I don't want you to kiss in folks, and then they really won't come back. Uh, and uh, what is this church? Uh, weirdos, they just kiss people as they walk in the door. We don't want that, all right? And so uh, that's not what I'm talking about. But, but Paul is simply telling them when people come to your church and these that are coming, he said, greet them. Greet them because they're my friends. And if you'll notice this, this list is long of people that Paul had influence on. And that is to us to say, hey, we need to make sure that our friends that we have influence on uh, is a big list. A lot of these people that are even mentioned are people that he maybe even led to the Lord, people that were part of his ministry, people that he was writing to. And uh, Paul had a, had a ministry.
ministry, but his ministry was people. Look, I, 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 I wouldn't be in this church if it weren't for people. I mean, the ministry is what it's all about, and the people are the ministry. And, and my ministry is you. That's the ministry God's given you. And your ministry as a Christian, do you know what? Sometimes it's other people. You know, there are some people that need you to minister to them, and they don't even know it. There are people that you can minister to, and you will make their world if you will just minister to them. Show them the love of Christ. Look, <coughs> I don't know every aspect that I'm supposed to do, but I know one thing that I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to love people where they are, regardless of their situation, regardless of where they're at, regardless of what they're doing, I, I need to love them. Why? Because Christ loved me where I was at. In spite of me, in spite of what I have done, in spite of my nasty things that I've done in my past, God loves me. God loves you. We need to love those, greet those that come to church. But then also, he says, he said, there's some friends to greet. But then, he says, number two, there's some foes to avoid. Look in verse number 17. He says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which we have learned. And what? Avoid them. Listen, this is talking about people who preach another doctrine of salvation. At this time period, there were what were, what were called Judaizers. They were adding to salvation. They were a lot of the problem was is they were having trouble accepting that Gentiles could be saved. But other than that, they were adding to salvation. But Paul says, mark them that cause division. Mark them that want to preach a, a doctrine contrary to this word. Look, somebody comes in here preaching something that isn't the truth of Jesus Christ. We will mark them before they cause division. And they won't be allowed to come in here preaching the doctrine. But it's not only that, but as a Christian, I can't allow people in my home that are coming in preaching a doctrine that is not true. Because the Bible says in verse number 17, he says, mark them that cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine and avoid them. I'm not supposed to hang out with them and discuss and have a big panel of meetings and, hey, let's discuss this. No, no, no. I'm not supposed to do that. Uh, look, I, I can get along with every single person. Am I the only one right? No, you're absolutely wrong. And there are a lot of people who believe just like I do, and it's okay. They believe in salvation by grace. Paul is saying anybody who doesn't preach it, avoid them, mark them before they cause division. We don't need division. One of the worst things that can happen in any place is somebody to cause trouble. <coughs> because I'm a sports fanatic, a lot of times I like to use a sports analogy. But in sports, you need one voice, and that's the coach. And that coach is given that voice of a direction. You know what? Would you know what causes a team to go different directions? When somebody else comes in there and says, hey, I don't think he's doing a good job. What do you think, huh? What do you think? And then somebody else starts saying, hey, I think that we ought to do it this way. And somebody else says, well, I think it ought to be done this way. 
and you get somebody else all riled up uh, and have the team divided. And then you go out there and play, and no one plays, and you don't win because everyone's divided. Look, as a church, you know what we need? We need one voice. One voice. One voice. Well, hey, look, if you want to cause division, if you want to cause trouble, this is the wrong place to do it. You go cause trouble somewhere else. I'm being serious. You say, you're telling me to leave? I don't know. Are you causing trouble? There's not one person in here that I say, well, you're causing trouble. Get out. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm telling you, don't cause trouble. It's contrary to what God has in plan. Division is of the devil. Strive. Cause division. The Bible says, these six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and a heart that devises the wig of their imagination, and one that stirs up strife, causing division all the time. He says to avoid them. Foes, foes to avoid. Not only does he say that, but listen in verse number Listen to verse number 19. He says, For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning what? Evil. There are a lot of people that think you ought to set your children down and teach them all the evils of this world. I'm going to tell you something, parents. I don't know. I don't have any parents in here. I'm, I'm the only parent that's got kids at home. All right, look. I don't have to set my kids down and teach them all the evils of the world. They'll learn it soon enough. The Bible says that you need to be simple, simple concerning evil. There's some evil in this world that they don't even need to know about. They don't, I don't need to teach them about it because they will learn. Simple concerning evil. We don't have to teach everybody evil. Evil reveals itself. Paul says, hey, mark them that cause division, foes to avoid. We need to avoid those that cause division, those that want to bring a, a doctrine contrary to this Bible. This is the Bible. If you want to cause, if you want to have a doctrine contrary to this Bible, we're going to mark you. Because you want to cause division. This Bible says in verse number 20, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Hey, that's prophecy talking about Christ bruising Satan's head. All the way back to Genesis. Here he says, foes to avoid, friends to greet, and lastly, number three, and we'll be done, is faithful servants to honor. It is important to know this, know a couple things as we get ready. Um, those that have gone on before us, those who have preached and taught the, the Bible principles, it's okay to honor man. Did you know that? It's okay to honor man. Did you know that? When someone has done a good job, we need to honor them. The Bible says, then, and Timothy, or Paul says, there's some people that we need to honor, some people that we need to congratulate, and it's okay to do that. It's okay to do that. So number one, he says, or as you look at these faithful servants to honor, he says, Timothy. He says, Timothy is a son in the faith. If you'll look through the text or look through later, Paul looks to him as a son in the faith. Lucius, he's a fellow Jew. Jason could possibly be the same Jason from Thessalonica in Acts chapter number 17 and verse number 9. Sosipater uh, is another one uh, that he mentions. But Tetris, he says, uh, he says in that verse uh, that I wrote this epistle. Paul had a secretary. 
and the secretary was writing down what Paul said. That's who wrote this letter. Uh, then Gaius is a man that he mentions, but this is somebody, uh, he says it, it, his host. What does that mean? They were hosting Paul. Paul lived in Gaius's house the whole time he was in Corinth as he wrote this epistle or this letter to the, the church in Rome. So he, he mentions those. Eratus, he, uh, he, was a, he held a high office in the city, what, what, what some believe maybe even the treasurer. But here is verse number 24, Paul's signature in a lot of his books. He says this, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Paul's signature, this is his epistle. Now, if we understand this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this and give you a couple thoughts. But we see some, some uh, friends, we see some friends to greet, some foes to avoid, and then, uh, then lastly, some faithful servants to honor. Look in verse number 27. He says, to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. That's how he closes out the book. But if you'll look in verse number 26, uh, verse number 25, he says, now to him that is power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Christ according to the revelation of the ministry, mystery, verse 26, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures and the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. You know what? You know what our job is? Paul is telling these guys, you know what our job is, Christian? We've been given the mystery. Now let's share the mystery. What's the mystery? What's the mystery of the gospel? The mystery of the gospel is you, me, same person. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is the message we're supposed to tell. Look, we may have friends that we need to greet, and we need to greet people as they come in, and we have foes that we need to avoid. You say, why do we need to avoid them? Because we don't need a doctrine that's contrary to that Romans 10, 9 and 10, Romans 10, 13. We don't need that. Why? Because a doctrine contrary to the word of God will send people to hell. Look, I'm not going to heaven because I'm a good person. I'm going to heaven because June 14th, 1998, I kneeled on my knees and I prayed and asked Christ to save me that day. And when I confessed my sins and I believed in Christ for salvation was the moment that I accepted Christ and God accepted me. And whether I accepted him or not, God still accepted me. But all of that to say this, that is the mystery to this world. They think they've got to do this and do that and do this and do this and belong to this organization and belong to this thing. But you don't have to belong to a church. You don't have to belong to an organization. You don't have to be a certain color. You don't have to talk a certain language. You don't have to talk any kind of thing. All you need to do is confess your sins to God, ask him to save you, and he will. That is the gospel mystery. And the mystery that we need to do is to take it to all those. That was why Paul was writing this letter, was to encourage them, hey, keep pushing on, keep pressing on, keep preaching the gospel truth. There is no other gospel. There is no other doctrine. There is no, there is no other a doctrine as important as salvation. Without salvation, where would we be? I'd be on my way to hell without salvation. 
Paul says, that's the mystery. God delivered to us in this text. He says, the scriptures of the prophets. Look, you know what I hold in my hand? Scriptures of the prophets. Thousands of years ago, men wrote this Bible for you and I to pick up and read. You said, did they write it in English? No, they didn't. But God gave it to us in English so that we could read the scriptures of the prophets. Now it is our job to take that mystery to the world. I'm going to ask you this. If you don't, then who will? If I don't, if I don't, then who will? There's someone depending on me take them the mystery of the gospel. You know, you, you, everybody in this room, you have your circle. Everybody has a circle, a circle of friends that you go with, that you run with, that you grew up with, that you were friends with in high school, that you were friends with in school, that you were friends at work, that, look, and some circles in here, they may overlap. You may know some of the same people. You may have some of the same family, but ultimately, everybody in this room, you have your own circle that I, I'm not in your circle, and I don't know those people. So I can't preach the gospel to those people that I don't know. Now, thankfully, the Lord has allowed us to, to have ministries. We, have, uh, we go live on Facebook. I'm not for sure why, but other than the gospel to be preached to the world, anybody can get on the Internet and look up our church and hear a message of, message of the Word of God. Anybody can. But why do we do that? <coughs> it's not so Trenton can become famous. It's so that maybe somebody, somewhere, it, anywhere in the world could look up that look up that look up that YouTube video, look up on Facebook, look up on whatever, on Spotify, on, on, on the on the podcast we have. Anywhere. They can look it up at whoa, wait a minute, there they are. Here's the gospel. Somebody could get saved. Why do we do that? So someone could get saved. Why? That's our job. Our job is to take the gospel to the world. That's one way I can speak to people I don't know. But I can't speak to people I don't know. And guess what? You can't either. So you have a ministry. You have a circle. I ask you this question. Are there people in your circle that don't know the Lord? We can't share with someone something. I'm going to say this and we'll be done. You can't share with something. (coughs) Sorry. You can't share something with someone that you don't have. And if you don't have the gospel, if you don't know the Lord this morning, you can't share something you don't have. But if you have the Lord this morning, if you've accepted Christ, You have the gospel. Share your story. I heard a preacher say this one time. He said, what is soul winning? Soul winning is this, one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. I found bread at the master's table, and I need to do my job to share the gospel. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for today. Lord, I pray.